A Super League in college football. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. What do you think of that? Well, if you're a fan of Oklahoma and Texas, maybe you kind of like it. If you're a fan of K-State, Texas Tech, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, probably not so much. You, You shouldn't really be liking that one. Why do I bring this up? Well, uh, there was a lot of talk over the past several days. I'm not sure if you saw this, but there was talk about a Super League coming to uh, the English Premier League, to European soccer. Notice how I didn't call it soccer, all right? European soccer. And I don't follow European soccer. I don't care about European soccer. As far as I'm concerned, Those guys, like somebody comes within four feet of them and they start flopping. I mean, they make the NBA look respectable when it comes to flopping. So I don't spend a minute of my time watching soccer overseas. But uh, there was talk over the last several days that there was going to be a Super League that was going to form. And what came out of that in college football? Well, all this talk about, well, this is next. This is next for the sport of college football. You just watched the Super League is coming. It's happening now. And the Athletics Andy Staples, he put together a college football super league, and here is what it looked like. It included Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, and USC. That's who they had in this Super League of college football, which was 15 teams. And the two Big 12 teams were Texas and Oklahoma. And, you know, I I can't speak to whether or not Andy Staples believes this is going to happen. Uh, He did say that he was going to include Texas A&M, but they just missed out because they hadn't won anything of consequence over the past 20 years. So he gave that spot instead to Oregon. And I like Andy Staples now just because he took a great dig at Texas A&M, which I'm all on board with. I mean, anybody, slow clap for Andy Staples, all right? You want to knock on Texas A&M? You want to rag on the Aggies? Uh, You're a buddy of this show, okay? We're we're, we're close now, pal. Actually, Andy and I worked together a little bit when I was at uh, Sports Illustrated doing some video and digital work for them. So we knew each other just not well, but just a little bit. And I'll give him credit for that, leaving out Texas A&M. But when you look at this, uh, you know, this idea of Super League in college football, well, I keep thinking to myself, we already have that. The Power Fives are basically the Super Leagues. They get massive payouts, exponentially more than what the non-Power Five teams get. I mean, think about that. Kansas football is terrible, absolutely terrible. And it makes like eight times what, let's say, Houston or Memphis football make in the AAC simply because they're in the Big 12. Kansas makes more money off of football than it does basketball when you think about the TV contract side of this. Now, I'm not talking breaking down uh, things like ticket sales, but specifically the TV revenue, the Big 12 is well over $40 million bucks per year, as are uh, most of the Power Fives at this point. At least the SEC and the Big Ten are also above the $40 million threshold. So it's crazy to think about it, but we already have these Super Leagues basically set up and Kansas gets to rake in $40 million in TV revenues for football with having one of the most garbage programs in the history of the sport. 
And I say that with all the love. I mean, I, you know, I want to see Kansas get better. I don't know how it happens right now. They're still trying to figure out the head coaching situation. But I will say we're in a position where you basically already have that in college football. And this push to think that uh, the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world are just going to get up and go and create their own Super League, I, I don't think people are realizing that for Oklahoma, especially, and, you know, Texas to a lesser degree because Texas really hasn't won anything either in over a decade. But for the Blue Bloods, the Power 5 format is great. Like, why would – let's start in the Big 12 – why would Oklahoma, this is what I always say to Sooner fans who want to leave for the SEC. Why would you want to leave for the SEC and have to play Alabama, LSU, Georgia? Why would you leave for the SEC and have to play those teams uh, and make your path to a college football playoff that much more difficult Instead of sticking in the Big 12 where you win, what, six straight Big 12 titles. Why would you do that? Like, what's what's the point? You've got a cash cow right now. You're making 40-plus mil. You get a good thing going. And you're the favorite every year for the foreseeable future to win this conference. Why would you leave that for the SEC or, in this case, for this hypothetical college football super league? That That's the part that I really can't figure out. Now, Texas to a lesser degree because Texas has not won, obviously, the Big 12 in quite some time. But similar idea. Why would you do that? Why would Clemson leave the ACC? Clemson loves the ACC. The ACC is a joke. Half the schools are looking forward to basketball season, and they own it, and they win it every year, and they punch a ticket to the college football playoff every single year. Notre Dame is doing its own thing. Um Even a school in the Big Ten like Ohio State. Ohio State's got control of that conference until further notice. Why would they leave? Why would they want to blow up the Big Ten for this college football super league? Unless the money was just so good. And you could change the rules, you know, where you're paying players or giving them bigger stipends or whatever you want to do. Uh, Outside of that, I mean, is there really a pull to blow up the system that you have? Because the system that you've got is pretty damn good. You know, you give out these scholarships, and whether you want to pay the players or not, you give out these scholarships, everyone's got the same playing field there. You're still dominating the sport. You've got uh, basically your pick of four- and five-star guys. They show up, you win games, everybody's making money, and they're going to the NFL. Why would you get rid of that? Don't get it. And there is talk, by the way, and this will, I don't think it's going to happen here in a couple of years when college football realignment, I can't believe it, uh, starts again in 2023, 2024 is probably when those conversations pick up. But I don't see it happening here in the next couple of years during this next, uh, and I hope there's not much realignment, by the way. I hope there's not much realignment. If you want realignment, give me two more teams in the Big 12. I will take... Oh, give me – I'll take Nebraska back, even though they cowardly almost backed out of the OU game this fall. I'll, I'll take them back because they're Nebraska. I would love to take back Texas A&M and beat up on them a little bit. That'll never happen. So I, I would take back Colorado, to be honest. I, I would. I'd welcome back Colorado. Maybe you disagree. I'd take back Colorado for sure. 
But anyway, uh, that's the only kind of realignment I want to see. I do not want to see a repeat of 10 years ago. I want no part of that for this sport. Things are pretty good right now. But what does have to happen is that these other conferences, they got to get rid of their divisions, Atlantic, Coastal, Big Ten East, Big Ten West. They got to do what the Big 12 does. Stack them up. I know you can't play round robins because you guys aren't um, only 10 teams. But with all that being said, what you guys need to do is get rid of divisions and just rank them in order and let the best two teams play in the conference championship game. The whole division thing is so antiquated for the sport of college football. It's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, I just I don't see this being a likely thing. I really don't. And I was surprised. I know it you know, gets some clicks, and it's fun to talk about. And I like talking about it. But it doesn't make sense for even the teams that are going to be in this theoretical college football Super League. It just doesn't. Unless maybe you're like Florida. Like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Penn State. All right. I mean, we got Ohio State in our division anyway. This can't be much worse. Maybe the Pac-12 teams are like, well, we're kind of irrelevant out here. We'll take some more relevancy. But uh, for a lot of these teams, especially our Big 12 teams, I don't get it. And if if you're a fan of any other team in the Big 12, you want no part of these Super Leagues. You want, by the way, OU in Texas to be very happy in the Big 12 because without OU in Texas, uh, there is no Big 12. All right, you're the AAC. And I say that as somebody who is, like, not an OU homer, not a Texas homer. I don't have any skin in that game. All right, I used to work in Oklahoma, but I'm, I'm not, like, didn't go to OU, um, none of that. But fans of Iowa State, fans of Kansas State, fans of TCU – need to realize, and this is true for every conference, you've got your blue bloods, you've got your anchors, and while you should want to beat them every time you step on the field, understand that those blue bloods do drive the conference, and you want them to be there. You just want to beat them every time you got to play them. That's what you want. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Heartland College Sports is the site. It's good to be with you for another week. My goodness, uh, the offseason, it's flying by. It's uh, already spring practice is wrapping up for a couple of teams. There still is a whole lot to get to, and we'll do it coming up next right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm not going to harp on it for too long. I promise you guys I won't. But this transfer portal is crazy. You literally can't keep up with it. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show, and heartlandcollegesports.com, of course, is uh, the site. I I said it last week, so I'm not going to go crazy, as I mentioned about it, but I'm all about transfer or player empowerment. But my goodness, I mean, are you going to even recognize your Big 12 basketball team next next year? Like, are you? I'm asking you. It's kind of rhetorical because I think the answer mostly is going to be no. It is crazy how much mobility. You've got 1,300 guys in the transfer portal. That's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so I, I have no idea if this is good for the sport. My hunch is no, but I don't want to take too much power out of the hands of the players. I really don't want to do it. But, um, man, I 1,300 players, and you've got teams turning over more than 50%. Eh, damn. I don't know if I love that. I really don't. I want to spend some time here telling you this. Um, ESPN does its FPI. We're telling you about that, the Football Power Index. And then they go through all their scenarios and likelihood of certain scenarios taking place. 
I want you to pinch yourself right now if you're a Cyclones fan because ESPN went through its simulator and using its FPI ratings, which is the Football Power Index, it's a whole formula that they've got, and the most likely college football playoff combinations, two of them include the Iowa State Cyclones. Two of them. And three of them include the Oklahoma Sooners. The most likely playoff combination per ESPN's FPI ratings, 10% chance of this happening. So still low, but still, take it with a grain of salt. It's fun, okay? It's the offseason. Lighten up, Francis, okay? Got things we got to talk about here. Uh, most likely college football playoff combination. Alabama as the one seed, Clemson as the two seed, Ohio State as the three, and Oklahoma as the four. The second most likely playoff combination has two Big 12 teams. Alabama, Clemson, Iowa State, Oklahoma. The third most likely college football playoff combination, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. There's a 4% chance of that. And then the last one, or the fourth most likely college football playoff scenario, Alabama, Clemson, Iowa State, Ohio State, 4%. Huh. How about that? The second most likely playoff scenario has two Big 12 teams in the playoff. I mean, that would be, like, how do you get two Big 12 teams into the playoff? Here's how I think that happens. That happens if each team obviously has one loss. But what has to happen is Oklahoma beats Iowa State in the regular season, and then Iowa State beats Oklahoma in the rematch in the Big 12 championship game. So Iowa State would be beating an undefeated Oklahoma team to win the Big 12 title. Iowa State has one loss, and both teams get into the playoff. And the way that they justify it is that OU is undefeated. Iowa State had one loss. They both won. Or excuse me, they both now have one loss. Iowa State's the Big 12 champion. OU is still awesome. And on top of that, you need the Pac-12 to stink like it has. And then the Big 10 has a two-loss champion. Because I don't see in that scenario with Iowa State as the three seed and OU as the four seed, if let's say Ohio State was a one-loss Big 10 champion, I don't see how you could leave OU in, and leave Ohio State out. I, I, I would have a tough time seeing that, especially knowing that, listen, I love to rip on other conferences, but when you look at the schedule for Ohio State, they've got Oregon in the non-conference. That is better than OU. That's got Nebraska in the non-conference, right? Oregon's much better than Nebraska. And they've got uh, Penn State, obviously, they got Michigan. You know, they'll have a Big Ten championship. They got to go to Nebraska. Um, so I still I would look at this and say, okay, Ohio State would get the edge as a one-loss Big Ten champion versus, let's say, a one-loss OU that is not a Big 12 champion. That would just be my hunch right now on this. All right? that's That's where I'd be at right now. But, boy, that'd be fun, huh? You'd have a two-loss Big Ten champ and then a, let's say, two-loss Pac-12 champ or maybe even a one-loss Pac-12 champ would do it with the way the Pac-12's been lately. 
and then you have two Big 12 teams in the college football playoff, and they wouldn't play each other, obviously. So then you would be guaranteeing a Big 12 team in, well, uh, not necessarily. No, you wouldn't be guaranteeing them a spot in the national championship game, not if they were the three and four seeds, which they probably would be in that scenario. But still, it'd be fun. You'd have a better chance of finally getting to a national championship, right? But notice how Alabama, Clemson are one, two in each one of these four most likely college football playoff scenarios. That's not surprising to anybody who follows the sport, but it would just be just getting somebody different in there. Like, even Texas A&M, who I can't stand, but give me A&M over the same four or five teams it feels like it's been every year. But this is the year that Oklahoma has got to get over that hump, right? Like, if there is a year, this is the year. Because if Spencer Rattler lives up to the hype, he's gone. Right, this dude is gone. You finally got the defense where you want it with Alex Grinch. You're feeling good about things. This is the year where you've got the balance that Lincoln Riley's been looking to have for half a decade now. You got to get over the hump, get to the playoff, and get to a national title game. But also, Iowa State's got to be saying to itself, don't forget about us. You know what I'm more concerned about with Iowa State? Losing the Iowa game. All right? Like, like can you beat Iowa, please? <laughs> That's what I would want. If I was an Iowa State fan, first and foremost, I mean, you want to get to a playoff, but if you blow the game to Iowa, you basically have to run the table throughout the Big 12 and then win the Big 12 championship game to get into the college football playoff. And you're playing Oklahoma November 20th, so you've got to win two games against OU in a three-week span. Good luck with that, or really a two-week span, if you want to look at it like that. Good luck with that. Like, you've got no margin for error. And I still am I, I still am just chapped with that OU Iowa State game taking place on November twentieth. I mean, you knew the schedule makers knew that those were your two big shots. Why is that game being scheduled for November twentieth with the Big Twelve Championship game two weeks later? I that that is just ridiculously foolish. And I know that these these schedules are difficult to make. I, I, they're not as easy as we want to make them out to be as fans. It's like putting together a puzzle that's 10,000 pieces. Like, I'm not naive to any of that. But, man, I'll tell you, it's like that's just a bad job by the Big 12 because you have a clear drop after the top two in this conference. I know that Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU fans are screaming right now at me for saying that. But be fair. There is, at least in the preseason, a huge drop-off between two and three. Now, you and your team may prove otherwise here come the fall. And I'm open to anything. I like the chaos. I love this conference. But you've got to look at things on paper right now and, and be very honest with yourself in saying, it's OU, it's Iowa State, and then you can make an argument for probably three, maybe four teams. And that drop-off is pretty big. So I, I, I'm not going to um, sit here and BS you and be like, well, if things break right, maybe in Fort Worth or Stillwater or Austin, I, I guess. I guess things could break perfectly. But the schedule makers knew what they had going into next year when they set the schedule up. And why this OU-Iowa State game is not in early to late October, just put it in October. Heck, put it in early November. Can I get that game on November 6th? Would that kill you? I, I don't understand. I really don't. But it's still amazing that when you look at Iowa State football, they are showing up in two of the top four most likely college football playoff combinations. That's nuts. 
Tell Iowa State fans that five years ago. They'll be like, what are you talking about? That's insane. That's not possible. You know that we're Iowa State, right? Not Ohio State. Well, yeah, but still, look at that. Uh, Before we move on here, just want to give a rest in peace to Bob Huggins' father, Charlie. He passed away at the age of 87 this week. Uh, He was a good basketball coach at high schools across the state of Ohio. So, like father, like son, from that standpoint, Charlie Huggins, dead at 87 years old. And our best wishes, thoughts, and prayers uh, to the Huggins family at this time. So just an update for you there on what's happening in Morgantown. Coming up, final few minutes as we wrap up the show here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we do that, let me remind you to leave a rating and a review on the show if you do that, we've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie with your name on it. Just leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. So leave us a rating and a review and then send me a screenshot. I've got a free koozie coming your way. It means the world to me if you do it. It helps this show a lot, guys, and uh, I appreciate it. Well, this was fun. Just a few questions wrapping up the show for uh, for Bill Snyder. Yeah, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So uh, they're doing an auto. Bill Snyder's doing an autobiography, by the way, that's coming out later this fall. Uh, D. Scott Fritchin's going to be writing that. He used to be with Go Power Cat. So our guy, uh, Joe Matthew, he wrote a little piece here titled Seven Questions I'd Love to Ask Bill Snyder. It's a really good piece. It's up on the website right now. And the questions included, were you ever close to leaving Kansas State? There were rumors about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys wanting him. Can K-State actually win a national title in football? Who was the best player you ever coached? I mean, just different fun things that um, I'm looking forward to that book. Uh, That's not going to be putting out with D. Scott. So we had some fun with that on the website on, you know, seven questions you'd love to ask Bill Snyder. And think about that, too, like for your favorite college football coach like what are questions i'd love to ask bob stoops like i'm just thinking about questions for bob stoops tom herman i'd love to ask tom herman like unedited wild questions knowing he'll be totally honest about it like that would be awesome i'd love to get behind the scenes even more than we already have been by some of the other media folks that cover these teams oh boy it'd be outstanding it'd be absolutely outstanding speaking of outstanding it looks like the big 12 is headed for a bounce back year when it comes to the quarterback position not that it wasn't good last year but you know uh, it wasn't great last year at the quarterback position you had Sam Ellinger uh, a guy who had a good year but wasn't great you know he, he he just was kind of an extension of what he was he never got better when it came to accuracy I'll say that much then you've got uh, Brock Purdy who even by Brock Purdy standards don't get me wrong great season for Iowa State Brock Purdy didn't have the lights-out first-round NFL draft type of season that some thought he might have. Spencer Rattler was good, but he was shaky early on. So by the Big 12's quarterback standards, it was not a great year. Spencer Sanders, same thing, some work to be done on the accuracy. But this year, um, College Football News put this together, and it's up on the website as well. The top 10 2022, so once again, next year, 2022 NFL draft prospects at the quarterback position 
three Big 12 players on the list. Oklahoma Spencer Rattler came in number two. Texas Tech's Tyler Show came in number five. And Iowa State's Brock Purdy came in at number 10. Now, the Tyler Show one, that was shocking to me. This guy used to be at Oregon. He transferred into Texas Tech. He's the front runner. He should be the front runner for the job, no doubt in my mind. But I will add to that and say this guy lost to Brock Purdy and Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl this past season. I was not overly impressed. Now, I hadn't seen a lot of Tyler's show outside of that game, and Iowa State's defense was very good. But obviously, you know, people that are watching other conferences and know what the NFL is looking for know this better than I do, and I'll take them at their word. If Tyler shows the second-best quarterback in the Big 12, by the way, then Texas Tech, uh, we could have some fun with the Red Raiders this year. They could be in the top half of the Big 12 conference standings for the first time in a long time, and that would make it fun. I mean, I like when Texas Tech is good, it's fun, right? Yes, I think back and long for the Mike Leach days, but just in general, it's fun when Texas Tech is, is having fun and is playing fun football. Like when Jones AT&T Stadium is rocking, that's a good scene out there in West Texas. It is. So I hope that Tyler's that good because that would be good for the conference as well if if um, if he was that good. Now, do I think that he's going to end up being the number five quarterback prospect in next year's draft? It feels like a long shot, but hey, I'll take college football news at their word for now based on their guys doing their research. But for the Big 12 to get back to a scene – where you've got, I mean, three of the top 10 NFL draft quarterback prospects. And then that doesn't even include, obviously, whoever wins the Texas job, Casey Thompson, who looked really good in the Alamo Bowl. It doesn't include Skylar Thompson at K-State. It doesn't include a guy like Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State, who I know Oklahoma State fans hope can take that next step. Uh, It doesn't include any of those guys. Can Max Duggan take that next step at TCU? Jarrett Dagey at West Virginia. Big 12, after by its own standards, a bit of a down year at the quarterback position, could be coming on strong, coming in hot. And we like to see that because the way these defenses have vastly improved while also and still having these high-powered and great offenses, boy, this conference doesn't get enough credit. I know I'm biased, but it just doesn't. And on that note, that is it for us this week on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We love you guys. We appreciate all you do for us. And that's why I've got that free koozie when you leave me a rating and a review. Just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.